Welcome to Rush Hockey Talk, brought to you by Rush Hockey, trusted guidance, unrivaled success. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kelly Katorji, and this is our podcast series. This is definitely the place to be if you want to learn how to pave your way to the world of youth hockey. So get ready, because you're going to hear some amazing interviews with premier personalities, coaches, scouts, players, celebrities. We got them all. Rush Hockey for over 25 years, experts in evaluation, over 10,000 alumni. It's unmatched. It's Rush Hockey Talk, and it's here. Hi, everyone. Kelly Katorji here. We are bringing back, after a long absence, Rush Hockey Talk. We're really happy to be back. We spent the last couple months, actually, in the sunny state of Florida, working on hockey in the uh, heat. It was pretty cool. And we'll get to that in a, in a minute, but we're happy to be back. A whole bunch more is coming from Rush Hockey, especially on the podcast scene. So stay tuned and uh, be ready for some pretty interesting conversations with some pretty cool people. As always, we have sponsors. Now we're a little lucky because now we got two big ones. And so I'm going to just uh, give them a shout out. The first one is Make Ideas. They're located in Toronto, Canada. They make storytelling better. It's a marketing company and every brand has a story. It's this marketing company's mission to find the most vibrant, interesting, and articulate way to tell yours, and better yet, help you live it. If you need some marketing help, don't hesitate to contact www.mayk.com and make storytelling better. So next, uh, we'll get into the other sponsors later on in the show, of course. We're very lucky to have uh, another one. As well, just a quick announcement, we are in the month of May 2021, and get ready, coming from Rush Hockey, we are we have the, the Beantown Classic getting ready to go in July in Boston, and at the same time, we're starting a new mentorship program, teaching coaches better ways to get the job done. We've been working with many youth coaches right now, and college coaches for that matter, and a few other interesting uh, high-level coaches and the results have been amazing. So if you're interested, you've got a team, they're underachieving, you need some help coaching, give us an email, info at rushhockey.ca, info at R-U-S-H-H-O-C-K-E-Y dot C-A. So let's get going. We got my friend who I met now, I don't know, it could be maybe 10 years, I'm not sure, maybe it hasn't been that long, but her name is Alexis Moed, and she is a former college hockey player. We're going to talk to her right now. She's on the line, and she is the director of girls hockey for the New York Islanders girls program. Alexis, uh, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Kelly? I'm doing good. We actually, uh, full disclosure, we tried to do this before while I was in Florida, and of course, now I'm in my studio back in Toronto, so it, it didn't work out too well, and you know, we actually had a great podcast, so uh, before uh, we started uh, recording here, um, you know, me and Alexis couldn't f- remember what we did talk about last, but what the heck, we'll start over. Uh, it was a good conversation, and she's going to educate us a little bit about hockey in Long Island. So let's let's get things started first and talk about you, Alexis. So I did meet you. First time I ever met you was, I think, at the Beantown Classic in Boston. It could have been 
another uh, time that we met, not in person, but via email. But give me a little bit of your background as a hockey player. Well, I grew up uh, playing hockey on Long Island. I started uh, actually pretty late. I was about uh, 12 or 13 when I got into it. And uh, I never really expected that hockey would turn into uh, obviously what it's turned into for me. Uh, But it was, you know, it was an incredible journey where I ended up uh, picking it up as what I thought was just going to be a rec sport, uh, nothing serious. And then it transformed into uh, playing pretty high level travel hockey in Connecticut, and then moving on and playing D1 college hockey at at Boston College. So when you were a young youth hockey player, did you play multiple sports? Oh, yeah. I I played uh, soccer and lacrosse, and I was really into sailing. So I was always doing something every season. And uh, hockey was just, you know, at the time, I thought hockey was just one more sport I was going to pick up. I didn't uh, have any sense that it was going to turn into my dominant sport and and now, you know, obviously uh, a way of life for me. When you finished college hockey, we'll, we'll get to your playing days at uh, uh, BC in a second, but when you finished playing, did you envision, I mean, I, you can tell us what you graduated, what, what degree you graduated with, but did you envision running a youth hockey program, which is not an easy thing to do? No, I, I actually didn't know what I was going to do with hockey after college. It was certainly a concern of mine. And I remember coming home, I think it was uh, somewhere between my junior and senior year and expressing this concern, like, I guess you could say my anxiety to my coach, my private coach at home, that uh, what was I going to do after hockey ended? And he said, hockey never has to end. It's, it's your choice. There's, you know, if it does or if it doesn't, there's always a way to get into it. And uh you know, you can always be involved, uh, whether it be on the coaching side, you can continue to play for a little bit. There was certainly some consideration at the time that I, I might go over to Europe and play a little uh, pro or whatever form it was uh, in Europe. And um, no, no, I mean, I, I did not think hockey was going to be uh, a career path for me. I, I came out of BC with a degree in psychology and a degree in, in communications, and, and my focus was on advertising. And so I came out and worked in corporate advertising for a few years. And um, I did coach on the side. Uh, It was only boys hockey because that's all that was in front of me on the island at the time. And for me, I, you know, honestly, I, I was miserable working in in advertising. I felt like my day started at five o'clock when I got to leave and then went to the rink to coach. And uh, I started to run some, girls spring programs and some clinics on the side, just because I felt that there was a need for more girls hockey on the Island and slowly, but surely it, it morphed into, uh, I would say at least a part-time job. And then it got to a point where I just, I really just couldn't take it anymore. I was about to turn 30 and I didn't want to be doing what I was doing. I, I knew that I wasn't happy and in, in almost an act of like self pity at my desk one day, I just typed in hockey jobs almost to prove to myself that the only thing that was out there was college coaching jobs. And suddenly a director of hockey job in Manhattan popped up wow. and uh, I applied and uh, you know, and it just went from there and I've been in hockey ever since. That's actually a great story. So, you know, what's interesting is this is my, 30th year, roughly. It's either 29 or 30. It could be 28. I don't even remember anymore. And I remember in the early days, once 
know, I was heavily involved in boys hockey and I used to do girls hockey as well, kind of like you just on the side. And I remember the recruiting in girls hockey. It was so, I'm talking college recruiting. It was so funny because, I mean, I remember running tournaments in the early days of sort of the modern the modern version of girls hockey, which is probably about 30 years old and literally watching kids get scholarships in, in the hallway or hearing <laughs> stories about, about a college coach, you know, driving to some small town, let's say in uh, outside of Toronto, Canada, and just committing to some girl she heard about. Uh, yeah. When you were, rec- when you were being recruited, I mean, obviously, you're familiar with recruiting today as as an expert youth youth hockey coach, and you know that's part of your job to help girls move on to the next level, regardless of what the level is. But do you recall w- w- the the differences between then and now with your experience? Yeah, I think I mean there were certainly some similarities. It, you know, I'd like to think it wasn't that long ago um, that I was recruited, but. Um, it was yes, it was definitely uh, different. Um, there were there was no Beantown Classic to go to. It was Hockey Night in Boston. That was the big thing to go to to get recruited at. Um, there was certainly a, a lot of um, self advocation that had to happen, where you were reaching out to coaches, you were telling them where you're going to be, and expressing interest in the school, and sending your transcripts and your board scores. And um, having, you know, those discussions at night with with college coaches about where you were playing and how you were doing. Um, The difference now, I think, is that there's just a lot more opportunity for the girls to get seen and the venues are much bigger. You know, we would have never had something like the Beantown Classic back then. Um, And so I think that's helping the girls and, and also the colleges with the recruiting process. Um, But I did, you know, I did have experiences where a coach came down to watch one team play in the middle of nowhere in, in, you know, upstate New York, and then saw another player on the team and then ended up grabbing that player and making an offer. Um, You know, even my own recruiting story was, was a little strange and and out of the ordinary, but. um, Let's hear it. (laughs) I was, uh, well, I, my number one choice was Boston college. It's um, and I ended up uh, applying and, um, there was a coaching change at BC right in the middle of the application process. And from what I was told um, back then before uh, applications were submitted via email and and, and online exclusively, um, my application along with a few others was physically in this coach's office and got forgotten about, got lost. And they found it um, after he had left the school. And at that point, um, on the admission side, the school just couldn't take any more kids. And so academically I was, I was qualified for BC. And so I was put on the wait list and I had an offer to go elsewhere to play D one hockey. It was a good school. And, um, I just felt, you know, I just felt insecure about what was happening with BC. And so I took the offer and I was playing uh, my freshman year elsewhere. And I happened to stay on the ice one day after practice. And that, former BC coach had been traveling just by chance um, with, uh, I think it was Michigan state with the boys team that was about to play um, our men's team. And he went for a walk in the afternoon, walked into the rink and saw me on the ice and recognized me. And he said, you know, I I always kind of wondered what happened with you because out of all the recruits, I really felt that you truly loved BC and it, it really was your number one choice. 
And he said, you know, the new coach is going back and um, looking at some of the, the players that were lost in the shuffle, so to speak. And if you'd like me to make the connection, I'll make the connection for you. And then the following week, we were down in Boston playing BC. And uh, in the hallway, the coach came up to me and said, do you want to try again? Um, wow. I'm interested if you want to try again. And um, I was released from the school that I was at, from the program I was with, and ended up going to BC in the end. It's funny, isn't it, how every player's story is different? It's not like, you know, the, the NHL draft happens on one day and everyone's judgment happens that day. Just this college recruiting thing Every single person gets from A to B, A to B, taking a different route. I mean, I, you would, you could have never imagined that would happen. Would could have you? No, I mean, if I had not stayed on the ice that day, I probably skipped class in the process. But if I had not stayed on the ice that day after practice to work on some things, and he had not gone for a walk and happened to walk into the rink, I don't know that I would have ever gotten to go to my number one choice. Well, pretty wild. <laughs> Very wild, actually. So let's get back then to Long Island. So that's where you're located. Of course, you, you know, when you when you think about girls hockey in Long Island, I mean, in, in my uh, time doing this, I, I see Long Island girls hockey as sort of a newer thing. And, you know, obviously, it's growing and you're you're doing a good job at helping it grow. So, you know, tell us a little bit about the the New York Islanders girls program. You know, what do you have in the winter time? What do you do in the off season? And 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 why is it growing so so quickly? Well, we're a relatively new program. We're going to be headed into our sixth season. So, um, I started the program, you know, back in 2016, and. Um, we started off with just two small teams. Uh, originally, I was supposed to just do a 14U team because that was the population that was in front of me. And as word got out about what we were doing and the philosophy that I had on travel hockey and, and how I felt that things on the island had not been done correctly for so many years, um, and that's why there wasn't growth, that I wanted to bring a new approach and a new, a new culture to travel hockey for Long Island. And that's that gained a lot of interest. And so then I started to hear from some from some 12U parents. And we ended up that first season actually doing a 12U team and the 14U team. But we only had about 25 girls in the whole program. There were two small teams. And uh, it just went from there. We've, we've been adding teams ever since 2016. We just finished up tryouts. We now have two 12U teams, two 14U teams. Um, a 16 and a 19, and we have our 10U developmental program, which is obviously our foundation and our pipeline up through the organization. Um, you know, why it's grown so fast, I, you know, I don't exactly know. Um, I would like to say it's because everyone believes in what we're doing and what we're doing works. Um, I think it's about creating opportunity and creating choice for players, which is not something that they had uh, traditionally had on the island. And it's about really bringing this new approach to fruition, which is we're trying to get everything under one roof where we have our, um, our video analysis, we have our off ice training, you know, we have our skills practice and we have our college advising. We also now this past season introduced sports psychology into the program. So we're really creating the entire package for the players um, under one organization, which wasn't something that I had growing up. You know, my, 
my youth experience was was very fragmented, and I certainly don't don't discount that luck was a huge factor in it. Where I had coaches who were not normally involved in girls hockey, but who knew what to do for me. And, um, you know, I was having a skills practice or my, my, uh, private training at one rink. And then I was traveling to Connecticut to play, you know, my travel hockey. And then I was going to another facility to do my off ice training. And it, it just, it was all over the place. And I didn't, you know, that's not a reasonable and it's not even a feasible model for parents these days to be that spread out and running their kids all over the place. And I was very fortunate that I had that situation where all of those needs could be accommodated. Um, what I wanted to do though, was take that, that struggle or that, that luck factor out of it and bring it all together under the Islander elite program. And I think by doing so we've really tapped into a need and when there's a need and the market's there, it grows. Wow. That's listen, it's very rare that I hear that it's sort of a one-stop shop for everything. And I guess the advantage you have is that as a full-time employee, you can get that done versus, you know, let's say in Ontario, you're, you're looking at a lot of volunteers uh, who run youth hockey organizations. So real, real advantage and, and very impressive. Now, just so everyone knows, if you want to see what Alexis is doing, uh, you would go to the following website. It would be www.northwellhealthcenter.com. Tell us a little bit about your facility there. Well, it's the official practice facility of the Islanders. It's the Northwell Health Ice Center. Um, it's a, a two-sheet facility indoors, one sheet outside. And uh, we have, you know, we have everything that we need there, really. We have the gym. Um, you know, we have, uh, you know, a full staff and, and, you know, just to touch on what you mentioned about in Ontario, having to rely on volunteers, um, though that certainly is a common trend in youth hockey, um, it was something that I wanted to avoid with our program. Um, you know, I am the only full-time employee, but we don't believe in parent coaching. Um, it's certainly something that we recognize is very difficult and we appreciate parents that are uh, volunteers because it's a tremendous amount of time and effort. Um, but I felt in order to really lend uh, a true sense of professionalism to what we were doing, all of our coaches had to be um, what I would call professional coaches. Um, we hire them just for the purpose of coaching the girls program. They're not related to any of the girls um, that play for us. And uh, they all have some college hockey experience in their background. And what we're trying to do is create this environment where, as we say, if you, if you, if you see it, you can be it where these girls have these, uh, mentorship relationships with the coaches. And, um, you know, we have a, a, a breadth of coaches that have played club hockey, D3, D1. Um, we've now been able to get coaches from other areas of the country. So we're bringing in different ideas and different philosophies from, from travel hockey, youth hockey experiences elsewhere. And it's trying to deliver that complete package to these players where they're give, they're getting the guidance that they need throughout their entire youth experience. Good stuff. Let's talk a little bit about, we got a couple of minutes left and, and just to uh, remind everyone we're with Alexis Moed from the New York Islanders girls hockey program. She is the director. Let's talk a little bit about an article that was in USA hockey magazine. It brought some positive attention to uh, your program 
And I, I recall um, something about the Laxton twins. So give, give us a little summary of what that was all about. Uh, well, the article came out uh, last month and it touched on how we reacted to the pandemic and what we did. Um, you know, New York was was shut down for a very long time and the restrictions on youth sports was um, was extremely tight, to say the least. And so the article focused on how we responded and, and what we did, not just from the hockey side of things, but how I managed the business throughout the pandemic and some of the opportunities that we were able to provide for players that were caught up in all of the various shutdowns that were happening throughout the states. And in regards to the Laxton twins, um, they're just two players of many that were supposed to be playing their freshman year of college hockey. We even had a player, uh, Carly Sukiel, who was going into her sophomore year at Oswego and was supposed to be playing her second year of hockey for them, um, have no opportunity. They were not permitted to play. Um, in, in some cases, you know, they weren't even on campus. And so they were left without uh, any hockey for majority of the season. And we were able to have them come back and participate on our 19U team. So they were able to keep up their training and, and, and uh, you know, go to school at the same time. And we also had them work with our 10U program. So they were getting some coaching training and, and volunteer work that way. And, you know, kind of giving them the life skills for when they come out of college and, and want to get a job in coaching. Now they can go back and say that during the pandemic, they were taking classes, they were playing, and they were also involved in the program that they graduated from. And so the article focused on the light that was provided in, in a very dark time for these players and the irony that when you graduate from a youth program, you think that that's it and you're on to moving, uh, moving on to college hockey and you're never going to come back to that youth program. And now here we had, you know, these three players who had graduated come back and they were, they were playing 19U hockey again. Alexis Moad, New York Islanders girls hockey, very professional. I, I really appreciate you, you doing this. It was fantastic. And, and full disclosure, we did a lot better than our last one. <laughs> in particular, me, I was stumbling uh, and mumbling pretty, uh, pretty poorly in our last uh, attempt. So this has been fantastic. Now, listen, we got about uh, a minute left, a minute or less left. Give me your, your highlight of your college career quickly. Highlight of my college career, um, I would say my sophomore year, we went to Lake Placid um, to play against um, the national team, which um, went on to play in, in, you know, become the Olympic team for the O2, the, the Salt Lake City Games. And um, I'm sure we were there to get beat up on by, by that team. But I remember um, during the anthem, standing on the blue line, looking across at Cami Granado and going into the corner for a puck against Cami Granado and seeing all of these faces that I had previously watched when I was in high school for the 98 Nagano games, the, the, the first women's Olympic team that won the gold medal. And now here I am a few years later playing against them. And that was something that I, I, I don't think I'll ever forget. Yeah, definitely a, a very, very memorable moment. Alexis, th thanks so much. Thanks also to uh, make ideas. They make story storytelling better. And also thank you to Zenergy Gum. It's energy without the BS. Jolt your way through the 2 p.m. slump in late nights with Zenergy Chewing Gum infused with caffeine 
and balanced with B vitamins. I guess if you're a college student or military or even driving late night, uh, it's a great thing to uh, to chew on versus those uh, very dangerous energy drinks, I would, I would assume. You can pick it up at Amazon.com, and it's soon coming to Canada. Alexis Moed, if you want to reach her, you can check her out. Actually, let's give your, your email quickly, Alexis, before we go. My email is alexis.moed at newyorkislanders.com. Fantastic. Thanks again, Alexis. We will do it again. Kelly, thank you. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in to another episode of Rush Hockey Talk, the place to be to get informed about youth hockey. Rush Hockey Talk, trusted guidance, unrivaled success. Yeah.